0: Okay, Bismillah rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahir rabbil alamin. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta taj'alul hazma idha shi'ta sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatika ya karim. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum It's a, a a blessing to be bathed in the Noor of Nourbury, as it has been renamed MashaAllah, Tubarak Ar-Rahman By all of the Norbury supporters On the uh, Logical Progression Telegram group And for all of the, uh, the campaign yeah, managers MashaAllah That were able to get the class here Even though it lost the popular vote um, Not just lost the popular vote I think it came last actually Yes, but you know uh, A pack led class is, is no pack led class without corruption And it's got its class yeah, and Regardless of being last and now we just need some kind of explanation how the class that came third last got the first choice which was finishing last time. And then whatever place Norbury took, it took it this time. And the people that actually won, which was Masjid Tawheed, East London, they're still sitting there saying, yeah, what did we do? <laughs> so we, we have to, to honour the, uh, the democratic vote of the masses and the next class, inshallah. The winter class of the london experience will be at masjid tauheed bi al khair guys for coming out although it could have been worse it could have been colder it could have been wetter so everything of Tabanov of is uh, ala qadr, uh is is based upon how difficult it is and i guess uh, it's not a bad evening to be out uh, i appreciate those folks that have traveled down from far and those who are local uh, certainly south london deserves more gatherings like this um, and I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you to continue to gather. Um, a thought came to my mind. Uh, there are so many people that I want to just raise my hand to. I have my uncle there. I can see Billy at the end there, masha'Allah, relaxing against the wall, like as if he wants to think that nobody knows yani, who he is. Nabil, it's okay. I'm going to be keeping embarrassing you every single second I can. Um, and I can see the sisters at the back there, Yani way back, masha'Allah, tabarakallah. And uh, I, I hope that. Uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues this brotherhood and sisterhood always for your local gatherings for your big gatherings for the, because uh, a gathering in of itself is a means to an end as well uh, uh, that's the reflection that came to my mind Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, and before uh, obviously this is a fiqh class and we are going to get to the text but it's our habit it's our custom that whenever we take the program to the on the road the road show then we will begin the first half with something that will be a reminder to ourselves on a more general uh, subject and um, the uh, I've just returned with quite a few people actually who are here in this gathering right now uh, from Makkah al-Mukarramah sharrafah Allah and Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah al-imran billahi minash al rajim." he says أَوَّلَ بَيْتٍ وُدِعَ That the first house of worship that was established for mankind مُبَارَكًا وَهُدًا لِلْعَالَمِينَ Is the one that is in Bakkah i.e. in Mecca, Blessed and a guidance for all the worlds And a guidance for all the worlds And this verse, the reason that I was reflecting upon it Is because you know how it is right a lot of folks um not a lot of folks everybody everybody needs inspiration everybody needs motivation muslims are always looking for uh those moments whether artificially and i say artificially because of course our ummah, our ummah, and the way that it's set up and the way that the sharia is set up creates these moments naturally if you follow the system so the idea, like in an ideal situation, you are uh, near a masjid which is close, that doesn't have the difficulties of getting to it. When you do get to it, you are having a salah experience each time with an, with an imam who is reminding you of Allah subhanahu wa taala. That's what the Prophet said, right? He said that the best of you is the one who reminds the other of Allah. Specifically speaking about imams, the best of the Qurra, the best of the reciters, is the one who reminds you of Allah, and so therefore, in the ideal situation, you're going into a masjid, you're you're being with the, the 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 believers, you're seeing that you're you're feeling the strength of the community. You know that you know you didn't choose some weird cult in the middle of the desert. You're amongst the masses. You know it makes sense. You know this is the winning team, and then you're led by a person who really brings the Quran to life. And he's not just there going, uh, but he's there actually reminding you of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala through his sincerity. The meaning of the hadith is not just because he has a great melodic voice, but because you can feel that this person is genuinely reminding you of the verses and the meanings of what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala sent down to you. And so, this is meant to be motivation after motivation. You're meant to see the people practicing Sunnah. That's meant to make you feel better, softer towards the masses, etc., etc., etc. Sometimes, uh, uh, you know, many communities will fall short in that. It will fall short in what they're able to offer people in order to be that motivational force. And so the people look for the bigger things. So you go online, you look for the big lectures, the big champagne conferences, the big <coughs> moments, um, and then the Hajj's and the Umras and the Aqsa's and the, you know, the, the, the trips to religious places that also have a very a strong impact, which is wonderful and great, but people sometimes put too much emphasis on these places and moments and I, I want to say to you, especially as there are so many people in this room that have been with me on such programs or are going with uh, uh, going on a program soon that these are not the be-all and end-all, right? And that if you make your deen if you make your religion and your iman dependent upon other people and other things and you don't develop in yourself a self-sustainable model to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you are always going to be on thin ice, you are always going to be in uh, uh, playing the risk of joining the losing nation. The reason this ayah came to mind is that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, uh, in establishing, telling us that the first house was, that was established for worship was Mecca, when he, was was the, was the, was the Kaaba in Mecca, known as Bakkah. Um, the description is مباركٌ Lil لِلْعَالَمِينَ. So it's blessed, which indicates that there are places of blessing in the world, some less blessed, some more blessed, so that's an indication from the verse. It is hudan, meaning it sets people up, it's not meant to be in a companionship, uh, it's not meant to be with you all the time, it gives you guidance at the source level, and it's alamin. it's for every single person. Every single person, think about that. Has every single person ever gone to Mecca? No. Has every single person seen even the Kaaba? No. So how is it a source and a guidance? Which, uh, it, that, that proves that not everybody's meant to be in Mecca, not everybody's meant to be at the Kaaba, but the source which comes from it, the knowledge which comes from it, the inspiration which comes from it, is what's meant to continue, you or keep pushing you uh, uh, along your journey, along your route. The best narration or statement that we have that explains this paradigm is the statement of Salman al-Farsi Abu Darda, radiyallahu an? You know, when he comes to, to Medina, uh, the Prophet is trying to create a community. He's already sent his, you know, his top men, his top team, to go to Medina. You know, soften it up, open it up, get it ready for the coming. He knows that he's going to be on his way soon. He enters and he enters Medina like a king. This idea that he is a refugee or an asylum seeker is a, is a is a blight on our faith. He come and enters Medina as a king and he is loved, he is sung about, he is celebrated, and immediate impact is clear for everybody that knows anything about the seerah. The Prophet ﷺ has set up Medina with his lieutenants and his people beforehand. Medina itself. Needed to be set up because it needs to be able to accept also a traveling people that are having a, to make a big call The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He has uh, he has nothing to lose. He's already hunted. He's already trying to assassinate him They're already on his case for him. Yani yeah, of course it makes sense to go to Medina But some of the other companions they didn't have uh, uh, This kind of threat they had a lot to lose. It was a major sacrifice for them for them to go to Medina, so it needs to be made easy so the prophet ﷺ sets up a system in which the people in medina will help those that will come and they will establish yani this concept of brotherhood where they will share resources share strategies share any yani, homes and some people can get on their feet and abu darda and salman farsi are paired up in this way and they become the very best of friends there's a lot of very emotional narrations that speak about them and i'm sure that you've studied that in the seerah one of the interesting things is that they did not let their friendship keep them to, from doing what they thought was right. And Abu Darda, uh, after the death of the Prophet, <coughs> after the spreading of Islam, he sees that his role is to take it further, and he ends up in a Sham. Sham, of course, is the Holy Land. It's the proper Holy Land, meaning that the Levant is the actual description for it. The Levant refers to Syria, Palestine, Lebanon, this Yani uh, area, Jordan. These kind of countries, as a landmass, is Sham. And it's General capital is uh, Dimishq and uh, uh, Aqsa, according to some, or uh, uh, Quds, I should say, according to some scholars. But this is the general kind of uh, area. And it's a blessed land. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls it Al-Ard al-Muqaddas, Al-Ard mubarak a number of times in the Quran and the Sunnah. All of the Prophets effectively come from here, return to here. It is the moment that life started, the deen started, the Risala started here, it ends here it is the land of the Mahshar. I don't need to speak to you about the Fadail or the excellence of Asham. Abu Darda is in Asham, he's settled there, he's made it his home, and he believes, as the Prophet ﷺ told us, that the army that will be fighting in Asham, the Muslims that will be fighting in Asham, they will be the people at the end of days, not actually those in Medina, not those in Makkah. So he sees himself doing a big move here. Whereas Salman al-Farsi has gone and taken a different route He's along with the other companions, expanding horizons, checking out other areas, and, and, and pushing out yani, the, the field, making the dawah uh, move to the places that it's not uh, easy to do. So he ends up in Iraq, and Iraq is not uh, all that is cut out to be. I mean, today that, that would be argued, and back then, yani, even more so. And Abu Darda writes that letter, famous letter to... Salman al Farsi and says to him, yani, Come to the holy lands. What are you doing in that Bukwas? Yani, come there to the protected, the protected lands. We've got it good here. This is blessed. We've got the scholars, we've got the Sahaba, we've got the boys, we've got the Quran, everything. You're over there. What have you got? Miles away, nowhere, extremists, bid'ah, all kinds of headache, right? And you know, we know that nearly every fitna that we've had, <laughs> right? I hope there's no Iraqis in the room, but. Yani, nearly every fitna that we've had in aqidah, in fiqh, in qadar, the Khawarij, the Qadariyah, the Shi'a, the Rafida, the God, all Iraq. Thank you very much. Yeah, they gave us, they gave us all, they gave us all his baqwas and then they threw Abu Hanifa up and they said, let him balance all that out. Like, yani, as if that's going to be enough. Or they threw, yani, a few other scholars, Imam Ahmed, up, and you know, some tried to claim him, and some say no, he's nothing from Iraq, aslan. So it's, it's history is funny. If you actually read some of the early narrations, you will see some of the deprecating statements made against Iraq is hilarious. It's hilarious. And so there was a popular movement against Iraq and his presence. And so Salman al-Farsi is being challenged, what you're doing in that cesspit, get over to the Holy Land. And he writes this letter back, in that the a land, a place, a location, never made a person holy. Never purified a person, never sanctified a person. What makes a person holy, special, sacred, and sacrosanct is his actions, is his actions, is what he has with him that's gonna sustain. Not the place, not the location, not not even the most blessed of places. Not even a sham in this moment can be that place that's going to make me practicing or special or whatever. When, we, when if I, Now I've come back from Mecca al Allah, uh, It's uh, of course the most special of all places But it's not going to guarantee my iman Neither when I'm there Or neither when I'm back Don't think that there are not evil people In both the Haramain Both in Medina Both in Mecca This idea um, that we have That our deen has got to be dependent Upon other places Other people Is a fatalist one And it's not an Islamic one dependency upon other people i want to say to you my message is not the sunnah of the prophet ﷺ. however helping people is the sunnah of the prophet ﷺ. so i want you to to you know there's an there's a there's a uh, an idea out there you know that we should um you know uh, uh request du'a from people you know so much so it become like the the goodbye of people du'a miyad du'a miyad you know i speak a lot about this this has become not a Sincere statement at all, it might have started off once upon a time as a sincere statement Just like that one actual guy that turned to his wife and actually said I love you, okay And she actually then responded back I love you too, right I think that was the only guy and girl that meant it After that, it has never ever been meant, ever Right, it's I love you, love you too I love you, love you too It's just bye, it's like see you later It makes no sense I'm not seeing you later, you're not seeing me later but that's how we're going to end this conversation. It's almost as meaningless as Inshallah, okay? has no intention, people just say it as a sake of statement. So du'a miyad has, has entered into those echelons of meaningless statements. Which to be honest, to be honest is, is an irony because people who may think that the Prophet ﷺ or the way of the companions was to ask people to make du'a for them would be mistaken. This is not the way of our scholars, our early folks, and the reason that is, is because that's not because it's never happened before or you can't find a narration to support one, uh, one uh, uh, moment it happening. You probably can. But as a manhaj, but as a methodology, we are never dependent upon other people. We are never dependent upon other people asking favours from other people. In fact, the Prophet, the Prophet specified his close folks, his crew, by a very specific characteristic. That they were not to ask anybody for anything. This was one of the requirements. If you wanted to be from the top uh, quartile of the companions of the Prophet, you had to give up a lot. You had to be close to him. You had to have an impeccable level of standards, behavior, all the rest that you can imagine. One of those characteristics is that you do not ask favors from other people, even though asking favors is completely allowed. Even yani, when it comes, when you look, when you study the books of fiqh and you see the rulings concerning uh, seeking uh, help from doctors and, and medicine and things like that, you will find amongst the companions that even though the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah wa daa wa that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down the uh, poison, sent down the cure, sent down the illness, sent down the treatment, even though that's established in our deen, You will not find this massive clamor out there for people looking for treatment, asking others to help them, asking others for favors, asking others for help. Because for them, they were told by the Prophet, depend upon yourselves. However, before the other person asks, make sure you are helping them. That's the Sunnah way of acting. We're not looking for things to be dependent upon, but we want people to depend upon us. Now, you might say that's kind of hypocritical. No, that's the standards that we need to hit as the practicing people. It's a paradigm, it's a system. And I just hope that people realize that the more that you feel comfortable in relying upon other people, other folks, other places, other things, whatever that might be, you are weakening your own position. You will always continue to weaken your position and your dean will not become sustainable. And in a time like this, at a time like right now where it's complete and utter madness out there, nobody knows what they are, who they are, every day the situation is changing, every day, whether it's your identity, whether it's rules, whether it's the politics, whether you know what you can say, what you can't say, what you're able to be comfortable with yourself, whether you trust your children, whether you don't trust your children, the whole situation is such a mess. In these moments, what you can't be doing is having weaknesses that, that can be avoided. And for you to become dependent upon other places and think that the magic only exists in other places or in special places or in holy places. You've not understood this, this uh, principle that Salman al has taught us. But you also didn't understand this ayah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he sends this ayah, when he, when he, when he explains that the house, the Kaaba is the first house that is established for, the, for mankind. Let's see then who then took that upon themselves in mankind. Adam a.s. is the one who's definitely his hand is involved along with the angels, most likely amongst the opinions of the scholars in the building of the Kaaba. His people after that clearly didn't follow the rules. We see through his sons and the progeny, what happened to the people of Noah, what happened to the people of Lord, Ibrahim a.s. then comes, he re then builds up the Kaaba. Clearly it's gone up, down, up, down, gone through the, gone through the, 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 the eras. Been used as a house of worship, been destroyed as a house of worship, been abandoned as a house of worship, which means nations have had a go at being the people of the Ka'aba. And no one remained there forever. So people are going back to their places and they are clearly failing in their mission. Ibrahim alayhi salam is tasked with establishing the Ka'aba again, he does that. But his people also let him down. The, Isra'i, the, the yani Bani Israel, the Israelites, Israel. So we've seen the people come and go and have a attempt at trying to maintain a sustainable form of worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without having to live at the Kaaba all the time. They failed, Bani Israel have failed miserably. You've seen what they did to their own prophets, killed their own prophets for that same claim, and it's, been, it's fallen to us, it's fallen to us. We as Muslims, the Prophet not only has revived the house, not only established it again, but the responsibility to keep this deen going, with, with, in a sustainable fashion, will be either the making of us, or the breaking of us. And if you do not respect local institutions, local places, your own circles, your own gatherings, and you're waiting for this mass magic to occur somewhere else, you're waiting for this mass barakah to occur only when you go there, as if it's some kind of magic show, you go there, you enter into some kind of, you know, magic force field, and suddenly you become tada, you become practicing. This is a nonsense. This is a fantasy and this is not certainly what our normative Islam is. So this is a reminder to myself and to those folks who have just come back from these places and are on a high that naturally we get excited when we see things but don't make that the be-all and end-all of your Islam because if that's yani, the way that you're going to be yani, you know, practicing Islam then what does that re- represent? That represents a person who's on life support, isn't it? Okay? We don't, this is not some yani, healthy way. We don't mind if it's down here as long as it's consistent. right? <coughs> We're not these kind of people that can exist in this kind of paradigm, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. All right, so this is um, logical progression for those folks that have not uh, studied this uh, before or heard of it before. It's, uh, can I ask folks, I can see people, SubhanAllah, stuck in the shoe area. Can we just uh, uh, please move right forward, right here? I I can have a look at this. Please, please move really, really like, you know, uh, easily half of this men's area can now be cleared at the back. Please come close, right? Please come close. People can sit right next to me. I've been in Tawaf, no problem. Alright? I've been crushed by fasting here people than you in the last three days. Keep coming closer, keep coming closer. Come 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 come. That's it. Zakalakhir. Let's just get nice and close. Zakalakhir. So um so logical progression is a uh, a class that's now in its eleventh year. It's a long-term study program, long-term in that is probably going to outlast me. Allah's planter knows best. It was where in year 11, we take uh, 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 an hour odd every week. Well, today definitely will be an hour. Alhamdulillah, that's the advantage of having the threat of the Salatul jama'ah yani being the thing that will cut you off, always works. If that doesn't work, then the elders who come for that jama'ah will absolutely work. So, um, every Wednesday, uh, online, it's free, it just requires your commitment notes and everything are available. What is it? It's based upon a fiqh text that, uh, that belongs to the Hanbali school. Um, and uh, uh, what we use every week is a commentary to that text, which was written by the late Sheikh Muhammad bin Saleh al uthameen alayhi rahmatullah. Uh, um, and um, what we do is expound upon that. And over the last 11 year, 10 years, we've completed the book of purification and some fundamental matters and we're deep into the the chapter of prayer and currently we are in the chapter of the congregation and specifically the imam and so every week what we'll do is that we'll just jump straight back into the text and we'll speak about it from all different opinions and so i appreciate you guys turning out because i know many of you will not have been here for that but that's what um the, the class is i'll do this for a little while and then we'll open up the uh, the, 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 to the audience if you have any kind of questions or any uh, matters or whether related to the class or not related to the class so our author, so the exact place that we are in is um, it is not valid so we're talking about the imam it is not valid for someone who is ummi which is an illiterate person someone who does recite uh, 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 Al-Fatiha correctly or makes idgham in the uh, wrong place, or replaces letters, or makes grammatical mistakes in such a way that it nullifies the meaning, to lead, except someone like him. What that basically, what that basically means is that if you're, if you're in a situation where there's literally nobody who's good enough to lead the prayer, or knowledgeable enough the prayer, then the only one that an illiterate person can lead is someone who's like him. And who's illiterate? Someone who can't recite Surah Al-Fatiha. We've been covering this over the last few weeks, that's done. We're now covering this particular section. When someone illiterate is able to fix his problem, his prayer is invalid. I repeat, when someone illiterate is able to fix his problem, and then in brackets, and he doesn't, his prayer is invalid. That's the statement of Imam Al-Hajawi, our humbly author. Then he continues. He says, That it is offensive for someone to lead when A, or number one, he is al-lahhan, uh, he makes many grammatical mistakes, wal wa-man ي... So the translation of this section is that it is highly disliked, not haram, it is makruh highly disliked for someone to lead when that person, A, makes grammatical mistakes, or B, he's fa-fa or tam-tam, Yeah, yani he stutters, all right, on the fa and on the ta. I'll give examples of that in a second. Um, uh, three, he doesn't pronounce some of the letters. Number four, he leads one or more foreign women, which means non-mahram women, uh, unaccompanied by a man. And five, the majority of the congregation dislike him for a valid reason. They don't like him for a valid reason. So that's the, uh, that's the section that we're going to make an attempt at covering today. All right, so let's quick get into this then. So If this person who is Ummi, and we described last week that an Ummi is someone who is unable to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. They might have perfected every other part of the prayer, but if they cannot recite Surah Al-Fatiha, they make any significant mistakes in it, then they become, by definition, Ummi. And this introduces us to the concept that the word uh, 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 Ummi has different meanings when applied in different places. Because Ummi normally would mean illiterate. But that's when it's in its linguistic sense. When it's in its technical sense, uh, you are looking at it's core which is that it comes from the word um and the reason that it comes from uh, the word um the mother is because when something comes from the mother in the immediate sense la you don't know anything meaning you are, have no knowledge of any uh, of any sort so that's what's that's where the the meaning of ummi actually originally comes from but but when it comes to its legal interpretation in fiqh when we call it when we use the word ummi in fiqh it means a person who cannot recite surat al-fatiha so this person should not be led left near, led, should not be left to lead the prayer. That's basically what is being argued. If this person has the ability to be able to correct his mistakes and he doesn't, and these mistakes are so significant that they change your al mana they change the meaning, then this person's prayer is invalid. And this is according to the Hamblis school. However, we know, as Sheikh Uthameen has consistently said throughout this entire chapter, that Uh, and in in his opinion and this is also our class opinion that this is incorrect actually the opinion opinion of majority is is that this person's prayer is valid not only is this person's uh, prayer valid but his imama is also valid as well why because he doesn't have any ability to do anything else at this moment this is where he's at he can start his trying to get the uh, prayer sorted, he can start to practice his fatiha more and more. But at this moment in time, his prayer is valid because he is doing what is able and uh, within his ability. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, nafsan illa fear Allah as much as you can, and Allah does not burden a soul more than what it can bear. Sheikh Uthameen then speaks about some of these uh, uh, vi- uh, villages, and I've met some of these folks. And I know some uh, uh, of the scholars who are in the thing here, Nabil himself, Sheikh Nabil, will remember these folks from the nomadic areas in uh, the uh, Najd area uh, where Sheikh Uthameen used to live and teach, that they are so simple from the Badia, he says, they are unable to, they're full Arabs, full Arabs, they're unable to recite the Fatiha correctly. Just like, they just can't do it. And whatever, they, they, they draw so heavily, they eat, you know, as we was how you eat words, uh, you know. They can't pronounce an ain, for example, at all for love or money. They they just kind of swallow half the the word, etc., etc. He uh, he gives an example. Ahdana Rubba, tasmau al mustaqim. sirat al mustaqim as opposed to ihdena sirat al mustaqim is a complete change in meaning because ihdena sirat al mustaqim means guide me to the sirat al mustaqim. Ahdena sirat al mustaqim means gift me right comes from the hidayah from الهدية, meaning from a, a gift it's a complete different word a complete different verb and a complete change in meaning simply because of the inability to put the, the kasra in the right place in the right speed as they recite you know how you know when someone slows you down and slows you down and then you realize oh i'm in big trouble because when you slow down that's when you forget what's the next verses and then you've got to then go really quickly and suddenly you remember it. You know, everybody's like that. Well, imagine someone who has never actually read what they are reciting. And the only thing, the only way that they know what they're saying is because they've heard it, orally, they've heard it, right? And so therefore, when they recite it like that, okay, any kind of pause or change to the system, catastrophic, yeah, and it, will, it, will, it will collapse. So you can't recite it any other way. If he tries to recite it, the whole thing collapses. You have to experience that to actually uh, understand what that means. Anyway, so he says, uh, and the person who is unable to fix that situation or in a scenario where he's trying but you can't get it any uh, uh, better than that, then his prayer is valid. Whereas a person who is being lazy, knows what to do, but doesn't want to do it, or just يعني, whatever, for whatever reason, and his mistake changes the meaning, then this person's valid prayer is not valid, and therefore he's in big trouble. Then the Sheikh says, It is hated for the lahan. Lahan is kathirul lahan. Lahan means to make significant mistakes. The word lahan, by the way, is a lot more flexible uh, than we may think. It doesn't just mean gra- a grammar. It also refers to folks that change the structure a lot. Lahan, in modern terms, by the way, in modern times, is often used to describe those people who sing the Qur'an as well, right? You know, uh, like this is a big thing now. And when I say sing, I don't mean those who are singing singing because you've even now got people that do singing, right? Like. They say we're going to do an orchestra performance of the, of the Fatiha. Like they actually go out to sing, which is as haram as it gets. I think um, as, uh, they did one on TV of the Adhan or something like that. And then might have done Fatiha as well. That's a whole different level of haram. No, we're talking about those folks that trying to make out that they're reciting, but using the, the excuse of maqamat, which is the different, internet, the different structures of reciting according to a certain tone, to a certain flow, right? A certain intonation that fits a certain rhythm. Maybe we go with rhythm, right, for maqam. They're using that as a defense, and actually they're all over the place. And instead of using... And that's the problem with maqams in the first place. Instead of using the rhythms that have been put together by the Muslim scholars or schools of Quranic recitation, they might use rhythms that they hear according to the public masses. You know what they like. The kind of musical a cappella tunes that are in their head and they want to match that. And then, you know, like when you go onto Instagram and you're finding that there's always like one particular song that has become the background to like all of them. And then that becomes like the background track to the whole year. It becomes the representative sound of the era, and it just seems that every video you put against it, fits it. And that shows that, that rhythm is something which is very flexible, because from the shahawat. This is one of the reasons why I always, uh, when we're speaking about the issue of music, I think people miss the plot completely. People get so caught up in the issue of halal, haram, halal, haram, oh, there's one scholar that says, halal, halal, it's gotta be good to go. And, you know, uh, how can it be haram? And, and, you know, any scholar that tries to prove that music is haram is on for a beating because nobody wants to hear that, right? <laughs> Everybody, you yani, just is, is, is terrified that, you know, and, or the other way around. Every, every scholar is hoping when there's a talk of music, this is the guy who's going to make it halal and, you know, do a good job of it, right? So I can listen to it. Pe- people actually, uh, in my opinion, I think folks need to be uh, uh, told something very different. In fact the scholars need to start actually first and understand this that before the halal and haram You need to just understand what a what a sense of weakness it is for people to be in the game of music because it's such a uh, Satiating it's such a capitulation to your soul. You will never ever get enough Right music has no comparison the big mistake that scholars make right and, I mean, you can't blame them because they're not, in the, they're not in that environment. They've not tasted it. They've not been brought up in It's that they often say that, you know, you should listen to the Quran. Or you should, you know, I mean, are you serious? Right? There is no comparison. No comparison between the Quran and music. All right? No comparison. The Quran has an impact upon those people who have iman. Who want to listen to it. Who want to invest into it. Who want to understand its meaning. If you think that people listen to Qur'an because its melody is nice, you've lost your mind, right? You're just lying to yourself. Melody is owned by the people of music. That's, that's They're the ones who've created it. They've mastered it. Music is far too powerful, far too insidious, far too addictive. It will always overcome the Qur'an. The Qur'an is not meant to be just oral, A-U-R-A-L, pleasure, just the for you just to enjoy the sound of it. As I said to you at the beginning, the Prophet said that the best of your Qur'an, the best of your imams are those that remind you of Allah. We do not know of the Prophet praising the best of the Qur'an in other than people who make you understand its meaning. Not for you to go uh, with it, right? to enjoy its tenation, enjoy its rhythm. And so music itself, the people who try to make the Qur'an replace music are the ones that fail or struggle the most and they have to carry on listening to music. Music has got to be treated very differently. Music has got to be first of all accepted to be in a class of its own when it comes to making a person feel good, feel comfortable, enjoyment, and then that it has no comparison. Therefore, I'm not gonna try to fight this. I'm not gonna try to blag and say that I'm gonna replace it with X, Y, Z. I'm now just going to say to myself, son, who are you really? What are you made of? Are you someone who can stand on your own two feet and say to yourself, I can resist. Don't try to replace it with something else or trying to think that there's something better or whatever. Can you stand up for yourself and say that this will only keep pulling me down. I just want to keep listening to more and more and more and it will keep making me weaker and weaker and weaker. We don't need to get into the halal and haram parts. We don't need, it's like saying, you know, ice cream, chocolate ice cream, is it halal or haram? You know, what's the point? Uh, how much are you going to eat? If you just want to keep eating chocolate ice cream, you can do that. Is it good for you? Are you happy that you're so addicted to chocolate ice cream that you've got to have one tub three times a day? You're going to enjoy it, of course you are. But what's going to, what's going to happen to you? So, it's not about whether it's halal or haram, it's you and your weakness, you and what you stand for. So, unfortunately what's happening now is there are people out there that are justifying to themselves that we need to actually replace that music with something which is Quran. And so now you've got the new era, the new age reciters that recite like it's a song, right? and this is uh i like the fact that they call this lahan and it was it has traditionally been referred to as lahan as well uh not in its technical grammatical mistake point of view but because they're messing around with it so much that they might as well have broken the arms and legs of his grammar anyway right they've turned it into a kind of a joke regardless so i want to um just reflect upon that point um and I did say last week that I'm going to quote what Ibn Taymiyyah said uh, on this issue of Tajweed. We'll get, that, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so, the Prophet, uh, so uh, uh, Sheikh says that, uh, So, if the Lahan, the one who makes too many grammatical mistakes, if he makes them in Sut al Fatiha and the meaning changes, then this person becomes an Ummi and his imamah, his leading the people in salah, as a person who makes too many lah, too much lahan in the Fatiha, according to the madhab, it is not acceptable. لكن إذا كان كثير في غير الفاتحة فإمامته صحيحة إلا أنه تكره يعني, But if he was making all his mistakes outside of Surah Al-Fatiha in the rest of the surahs, then his, his leading the prayer would be valid, but it would be disliked. The prayer would be valid, but it would be disliked. The reason for this is because the Prophet ﷺ said, let the people be led by the one who's most versed in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet ﷺ has said this hadith as a khabar, as a statement, but by it, it's a command. You know, from a legal point of view, he is commanding the people. He's making a statement, but he's making it clear this is my command. That I only want you to be led by the people who are qualified in this. So anyone who goes against this, then of course they are in trouble. The Prophet ﷺ uh, uh, Imam Ahmed, sorry, uh, Shaykh Uthman says that Imam Ahmed once stated in his write- in, in a collection of, of his writings a hadith which he didn't mention, mention the Sanad for, but it's an interesting uh, narration. He said, that if there is a, a group of people that are led by a people, a person, and amongst the people that are behind him there's someone better than him, more qualified than him to lead the prayer. These people will always remain low. These people will always remain safal. Will always yani, remain despised. Right? This is not an authentic narration, but Imam Ahmed quoted this to indicate that the best person should be leading the uh, prayer. To carry on, then again, this is the lahan wal fa'fa' wat tam tam. This is referring to those that stammer. فففففففف. And the reason that this is considered to be unacceptable is because what's happening each time is that you are adding a letter to the. This is the technical kind of understanding. You are adding a letter to a word, a letter which is not part of it. So if you have a word that only has one letter and you're adding 15, then clearly you're not saying the letter correctly. The Prophet uh, Sheikh Uthameen said that what's basically happening is that this is not good, it is disliked but if this person needs the prayer, his prayer is still valid and his Imamah, his leading the prayer is also still valid. And then he says um, the one مَنْ sahbi يَفْسَحْ al The one who's not able to be clear with all of the letters, saying all of the letters. And what he says here is that <clears throat> that he doesn't drop a letter so it's not like he removes one letter out of the word and completely kills it. But rather, he, uh, uh, he, he says it, but in a, he doesn't uh, make it very clear. He doesn't make it obvious. And it's like as if he didn't say it. He's, like I said, he swallows it, right? So he says that this person, his imama, is valid, but it is makrooh. It is makrooh. Shaykh Uthameen now makes a statement. <clears throat> he goes that the Mu'allif did not mention whether it is disliked for someone to recite without tajweed. Okay, without tajweed. لأنه لا تقرح القراءة بغير تجويد. And Sheikh says, and the reason he didn't say that is because it is not disliked to recite without tajweed. Now, I want you to think about that. We are told day and night that tajweed is the most important thing under the sun. In fact, oh, ladies, I think just live for tajweed. I, in fact, I think that, that the way that tajweed circles and movements are created, all of the khir that's come out of them is matched by all of the headache that they cause. That's just me. But I definitely think that we need to calm people down. I mean, I'm hearing so many arguments from between husband and wife because, you know, husband ain't got no time for that behavior. He's going out. Bajji's at home all day. Doing her tajweed lessons uh, of uh, uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, what's that guy's name? I love that guy. Rayyan, Rayyan Mahmoud. Yeah, legend on a uh, thingy. lady's favorite. Yani uh, uh, on the on the on the phone. And, well, I don't, that's not a cuss, by the way. He's a don. That guy is right. He's the most patient human being the planet ever saw. You put that on and tell me that he doesn't deserve Jannatul Firdaus. <laughs> you got every auntie phoning in. Oh, blah, blah, oh my God. And he's sitting there nice, smiling, whatever, not cussing, not nothing, whatever, whatnot, And very patiently trying to correct them. He's a superstar, legend. So that's what they do. So, spend, uh, you know, half the day sitting there listening to cassette, <coughs> watching these videos. They get their tajweed better than uh, uh, un- uncle, who obviously can't and doesn't. And then they basically then come to us and say, yani, how can he be leading the Salah? He can't recite anything. Blah, 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 blah. Honestly, the amount of fitna caused by these circles is crazy. So obviously we want this, this is a good initiative. We want people to be, have Quranic literacy. Of course it's good. But the situation getting out of control. And generally, the focus on uh, uh, pronunciation is getting out of control. And this is why Sheikh Uthameen now makes this statement. I'm going to translate it verbatim. Okay? He says, وَتَجْوِيدُ مِنْ تحسين الصوت بالقرآن. That, the, that the tajweed is an aspect of the area or the field or the science of making the Qur'an sound nice when recited. okay To beautify the voice when reciting the Qur'an. <coughs> وَلَيْسَ بِوَاجِبِ It is not something which is obligatory. إِنْ قَرَأَ بِهِ الْإِنسَانِ تَحْسِينَ صَوْتِهِ فَهَذَا حَسَنَ If a person was to recite using tajweed rules, you know, mad this, for that, harakat this, blah blah that, idgham this, blah. Then, and he made his voice sound better as a result. Great job, he said. But if he doesn't recite with tajweed, he hasn't, there's no problem. He hasn't missed out on anything. He hasn't, yani, sinned. He hasn't, yani, uh, uh, done something wrong. But, in the بِنْ Islam ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Taymiyyah said, may Allah have mercy upon him, uh, he said, mm-hmm. he said that the, 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 uh, he, he criticized those folks that were so focused on Tajweed to the extent that the, if they said a letter, a word, and they're not happy with it, they will repeat it a second time and they repeat it a third time to try and make sure that they get it absolutely spot on. Right? According to the rules of the tajweed that they're learning or the, the system. They will do that just so that it can fit the rules of tajweed. But they will not put even any percentage of that same effort into understanding its meaning or to reflect upon that verse itself. Now I want you to imagine. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kitab. أَنزَلْنَاهُ إِلَيْكَ آياته A book that we sent down upon you, O Muhammad. Mubarak. Blessed book. For the reason that they reflect upon its verses and that those that are deep will take a reminder from it. Where is that imperative in these people? Obsessed with تَجْوِيد which is a good thing in of itself but has been turned into the be-all and end all. As for connecting to what the message actually is Or what my reflection is Or what this message means to me Absolutely nothing to be seen No yani, time being given to it and This is not balance This is not right And you know, I know that people often say That you're always hating on you know, The, the tajweed and the women And whatever um, I, I mean I don't know what to say Saqib here online He goes why are women so into tajweed I don't know I don't know, it's a, maybe it's just because they're around when it's, being, when it's being done, right? But I mean, listen, I think that it's important, of course, for women to recite. One of the really great initiatives, I was speaking to Maryam Amir the other day, all right? Maryam Amir is a Qari'ah, is a sheikha from America. She's established a initiative which is absolutely fabulous. If you haven't got it already, then download or get your, your, your uh, homes to download it, wives, moms, the daughters, all right? This is not something which is just flapping around. It's a, an app of female reciters, women reciters, that are able to now, uh, 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 for your women to be able to have a library of women reciters so that they can see what they can do with their recitation, improve their, their motivation to memorize the Qur'an and to recite it properly amongst themselves according to a proper methodology as opposed to like this idea of reciting in front of people and mixed audiences and all this kind of craziness. This is not what that app's about. It's about developing confidence amongst the sisters to be able to use their own and depend upon their own and develop the skill of reciting, right? Now a lot of men find this surprising, and frankly, you know, I I I, I, I look at myself and I think to myself, Why is it that I've not spoken more about this? Is it because I'm busy, or I'm not speaking about the right things, or what is it? But it's crazy that the male response to this is like very negative and very hesitant and whatever, not. I put to you, who do you think is the, the the who are the majority teachers of all of you men and all of your children? If you don't think it's women, my my boys are Hufad, ma sha Allah. Right? Okay. And the older one, or certainly the older few, whatever, are good, meaning that they they got proper game. They were taught 90% of their hibs by women. By women. By by female qurra, okay, female reciters of the Qur'an that were excellent, that checked, Uh, associated uh, a number of uh, 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 not the same one always so because you always pick up tips from uh, you only know how good your teacher is by sitting with another one you only know the mistakes of your teacher by sitting with another one so mixing the male influence came much much later came much much later and so we have this so we've got this kind of love-hate relationship and we've got to hit the balance the balance is to use the Quran in a functional manner and to stop being obsessed with just the way that it is Yani recited in terms of harakat. You know? That's where it gets silly. Where, yani, you know, your wife is saying, I think that you didn't carry that for four units, yeah? <laughs> you want to say, girl, you want to sit right down, okay? Because don't be any yani, busting that four harakat business with me, All right? So, um, balance, balance. All right, and the final part for today, um, and it is dislike for someone to lead an ajnabiyya for akthar la rajula ma'ahun. What's going on here? Ajnabiya, foreigner, Basically, woman means someone who's non-mahram, uh, and what uh, what he's basically saying is that if there's a, a lady that's by herself, right, walks into a, a prayer room or the masjid, and you're in that masjid, then um, then this is something which uh, is is according to the author, the uh, 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 humbly text. This is something which is disliked for a person to lead one or more women alone now what sheikh atmin says is very very good he goes actually this statement needs so much more detail it's just not correct first of all if it's one woman it's haram it's not makruh right to say that it's makruh how is that possible if it's one because if it's one then that means isolation between two people a, a man and a woman and a man and a woman being alone in a closed place is khalwa and khalwa is not permissible all right unless of course there was some uh, uh, it's a uh, and I'm not getting into that right now, the normal exceptions in fiqh, a woman comes into the elevator, you're in a taxi, there's access, there's windows, there's doors, all of the things that are mentioned by the fuqaha. But I mean, in principle, we've got a closed room and one man and one woman, that's a haram scenario, not a maqru situation, right? That's the first thing. The second thing, so that's the first correction or or elucidation that Sheikh Uthamin gives upon this text. Second thing that that should be said is that he said that Or more than one. So if there's five, for example, that's makru as well. We ask the question, why is that makru? What evidence is that that is makru? Once there is a second lady and now you are three, or a third lady and now you're a four, why is it haram? Or why is it makru? We are in a situation where this is now not khalwa anymore. There is no evidence to suggest that there is anything which is a, a problem here. This does happen. Now, this is referred to a very Muslim kind of centric situation, whatever, but we know that this happens regularly. We know that we're in malls or hospitals or in the prayer rooms and the chapels and people are coming in and out, in and out. So this is a very useful thing to know. The real kind of application of this fact would be to understand whether when you are in that prayer room, right, what is actually isolation? What is actually isolation? And I think that a good practice that people should do that have responsibility is to ensure that these doors remain open. And if, as long as the doors remain open, then we don't have this problem of one man coming into the front part and the lady going to the back part. Even if there's no barrier, I don't find a problem with that. So sheik al says oh, that it is not something which is disliked uh, if it's more than one or, or less than, uh, 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 yeah, more than one or anything like that. And he says, "Well that he says, and of course, by the fact that he said that there's no man with them, that would indicate that if there is no man uh, that if there is a man, then that makes the situation better. We say, "Of course it does. the same way that a third woman makes the situation better. It doesn't matter. there's no evidence that multiple women cannot be led by a single man. Wallahu I'm going to pause there because um we don't want to risk getting uh uh, uh you know m- m- messing up the jama'ah which is at nine <coughs> o'clock we'll open it up for, for questions uh on the topic firstly we give priority to those and then we will uh then open up to anything else that you guys might want to uh, uh, to get off your chest or make me get off my chest um free session
1: yes yes go ahead um I know your, your Lots of audience, big audience, apparently. My wife is one of them. And she's always trying to persuade me to listen to you. I have to admit, I don't, because... Good choice. (laughs) As I said to you, I'm not going to play. I'm addicted to football. I'd rather listen to football than you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Have you heard you just now? Sick guy. Go on.
1: Have you heard you just now? I think your your speech is very compelling. I really appreciate
0: that. Is that because Chelsea are rubbish?
1: You're not supposed to say it I'm rubbish. I am. I told
0: you that on the plane, and I said to you that I'll say it again, right? I mean, any team that draws with Nottingham Forest, yeah, is clearly not worthy to be followed. And so, if you think that I should be feeling honoured that you would now decided to choose me over Chelsea, I've got news to bring to you, yeah? If you're, you know what I mean? If you're choosing me over Man City or something like that, yeah, or Liverpool, I'd be saying, alright. You know what I mean? But Chelsea, bro. You know what I mean? It's not exactly... We had this
1: discussed on the plane. <laughs>
0: Can you believe that I'm just trying to rest on the plane, and my guy wants to talk to me about football all the way? (laughs) Zakalakhem. Yes.
1: I really appreciate your knowledge on that. I've change my mind. I start listening to you slowly, slowly, slowly. Yes,
0: I advise that as well. Small doses. Um,
1: But there's some serious points you made actually. Uh, uh, Football over uh, music over football. Again, I, I was addicted to music at one time. I've come out of that. I've gone into football. Which I can't seem to leave, and I don't see nothing wrong with that. Uh, lots of people say I should leave football as well, um, and I heard, heard you say. And the other point is, um, when I'm in uh, uh, a a lady comes in, I'm on my own. She said, "Get out of the lift." I feel right. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know, I exactly mean, is that, is that what you're trying to point you're trying to make. So well, you have to get out. And I felt like had, why? <laughs> i get arrested anyway. Um,
0: so you're speaking to the wrong guy about that particular subject. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and the reason is is because unfortunately, in the country that you're speaking about, it is a very common uh, request by those folks to say that to a person. Uh, when the lift door opens up at their floor and you're alone and uh, they will come in and they'll say you to get out. Problem is is that depending upon the dispute, obviously you a nice guy, manners and all the rest of it. Uh, last time a woman said that to me, I said there's the door you can leave, right? <laughs> I've never ever gotten out of a lift for a woman yani who says that. Because these people obviously, you know, their Islam is a very artificial one. They don't understand it, know it, believe in it. They're forced into their kind of way of thinking. It's not a natural in any way. And the ignorance of these folks that look incredibly practicing and pious is astounding. I don't want to get too political, but it is what it is. Uh, to answer the legalities of that, the lift is not khalwa. Okay? If you press the stop button, then it is. Okay? <laughs> right? Right? So don't press the stop button because you could get me and yourself in a lot of trouble. But otherwise, the lift, being isolated in the lift, is not taking the ruling of al-halwa a halwa, uh, uh, halwa, halwa? Yeah? Huh? <laughs> you see, you're playing on my mind now, you see, getting me excited, it's not halwa wala khalwa okay, but, uh, but you know, not, not anything else um, on the issue of uh, football or music or whatever, of course football is nothing like music, and uh, the, the wider point is the wider point is just addiction is not good, just Anything too much, anything is not good, right? Um, And I mean that in everything. Like too much addiction to salah is not good. The Prophet ﷺ was not so addicted to the prayer in that he didn't sleep. He actually warned people against that. The Prophet ﷺ didn't fast every single day. The Prophet ﷺ didn't do any single act of ibadah outside of its natural limits. And those natural limits are there to maintain and protect that thing. So any form of addiction or extremism or or increased beyond is a sign of weakness actually it's a sign of weakness either of desires when it's to do with the dunya and when it's in the deen then it's a sign of lack of uh, understanding understanding so uh football's good football can be enjoyed in a halal and healthy way <laughs> but it's got to be done in, in balance it's got to be done and, and to, Subhanallah, today in our modern time uh like imagine you know, I've told this story so many times, I'm not, in fact, in fact, I said it the last time I was in London, actually, which is a couple of weeks ago. But I know that you didn't hear this, so I'll tell you that I, as a United fan, missed the uh, uh, Solskjaer and uh, Sheringham, score the last two goals in the Champions League final, because Maghrib started, okay? Now, Maghrib started, I went to the message which is next door, it wasn't even far. And we were losing 1-0, weren't we? So it was, it was, it was game over, obviously. You can't do anything. It was on TV. There's no way to pause or anything. You go, I, I, you know, and I took a hit and I went and I came back. I missed it and you know, it was tough back in the day. What challenge is it now? Now you just well, you wanna you pause it. You press record on it. You turn off your phone. Nobody can disturb you. Tell you the score. You can go and do your dean as as, as as faithful as you want. Come back and you can enjoy the football as well. There is no reason in our modern era to be addicted to anything, uh, and it make your dean. Uh, suffer. Balance Balance in everything Omar oh, way.
1: Um, from the last bit you mentioned About the uh, person And if there's one sister um, You know in, in prayer rooms In companies This is really common Especially now look, People are working from home So there's less numbers Then is it better Or not to do jamaah
0: When they're at home Did you say?
1: No when they're in the prayer room So normally there'd be A lot of brothers Now it's quite Common the only
0: one Numbers the have come down Because of the whole Working from yeah, home thing yeah. So, you're saying, Annie what should the person do? Should they be waiting for somebody to come or should they, should they start?
1: Yeah, should they start because it's just a sister. That, is it jama'ah or because of this?
0: As a single, single? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, as a single, no, I don't think it should be done. As a single, it shouldn't be done. Now, uh, uh, so the problem is, of course, that person is going to, their intention is going to be, I know somebody else is going to come in. But that's Yani Mahal al and what is certain cannot be. Uh, put aside for the the the, the dhun. and that's a delicate situation I think that the only one in which they're p- praying individually is okay but we I mean, when you start the Jama'ah and keep it formal I think you know it's just it's, it's problematic that I, I, I don't like it that's all Allah Alam there's no easy answer to that what I
1: mean, was the definition of Tajweed according to Ibn <clears> Taymiyyah <throat> like, was it specific to like Ibrahim, uh, like those rules of the religion.
0: Yeah, like, not makharij. Like... No, yeah, he's not referring to just yeah, the makharij itself, although that is also part of it, right? People who take this makharij to a whole different level. And we spoke about that last week on the issue of dha'd and dha'. This is mu'tabar. This khilaf is not just, you know, that's a paki we can't recite. No, there are qura'a that have their riwayat in Nabi Without the da sound sharp and, and clear, so it, you know, people have just got to take it a little bit easy with what they think is, you know, uh, uh, the right way. Yes, can an husband and a, wife your together? a husband and a wife can. Sorry, I should have made that very clear. Yeah, I need that when we're talking about the one man, one woman, we are talking about the foreign non mahram, but mahram, like mother, son. Uh, uh, husband, wife, etc., etc. Of course, they can do that and they should do that, but not in. You know what? One of the things we noticed, um, which is not good, is that this happens because um, I don't know whether Sometimes justification is because my wife can't go to the masjid, so I'll give her the jama'ah, or because my kids want to give them the experience, or whatever. This is not acceptable. The man must attend the jama'ah. According to really the evidences, it's very difficult to deny That it is obligatory for a man to pray his prayers in the mosque And it's good, in my opinion, for a woman to do so as well However, when a woman uh, decides not to for other reasons that support the family And with the intention of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Then her prayer at home becomes better Otherwise, she should also go to the masjid So it is permissible for them to pray in jama'ah the normative scenario will be the night prayer. We do not ever expect the obligatory prayer to be prayed at home unless they're literally praying in, they're living in a place that has no mosques. Like a whole city that has no mosques. So the normative presentation of this is the tahajjud prayer. Man stands right at the front and the woman stands right at the back even though she is his wife. Alright? Allah knows best. Omar. You
1: see if you've got a teacher that's teaching you, you yeah. on that like, extreme level, is it better to move away
0: from that? No, no, because a, a Tajweed teacher, what else are they meant to teach? Of course it's an extreme level. That's not extreme, right? A Tajweed teacher is meant to be teaching that. It's the issue of where, where you take that in relation to the rest of the sciences. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not... No problem with Tajweed teachers, what else are they going to do? They have to teach Andy, uh, that in all of its ways. We have... Uh, how many minutes before we need to get the um uh, well, no, two, oh, two more minutes, yes.
1: Uh, Chef, uh, if you're praying behind someone, and their, their, their Surah Fatiha is like really bad, they're getting a lot of letters wrong Yes um, Do you have to repeat your prayer?
0: If this person's Fatiha was so bad that it properly changed the meaning of the Faatiha and when I say properly changed meaning, not according to you meaning according to some people that are there, that have knowledge, that are scholars, that understand the Arabic language then this prayer, this prayer was invalid because the Fatiha was not then done the reason i add all these caveats is because most of the time this doesn't happen the people who lead the prayer are generally people who either know what they're doing or it is just poor so they say <clears throat> sirata Lazina right or and as i said this is actually a flexible and i say acceptable with the biggest quote marks possible okay uh, acceptable level of mistake that doesn't butcher the meaning the scholars do not repeat the prayer after the person who leads the salah like that. Wallahu ta'ala, Uh The folks who have got the questions online, I'll do that in the Telegram uh, chat inshallah later because we have to get ready for Salatul Isha here. wa khair. Just give me just one second for Uthman to. Uh... Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah.
1: As-salamu uh, uh, alaykum. Shaykh Abawi says very kindly accepting to, to answer questions after Salat al-Isha, which is in five minutes. So that's five minutes. Could I ask the sisters, please, to go into the back room, because we're going to take the, the, the barrier down and to make space? Jazakum alaykum. If you haven't made the book, please do, because it's so almost five minutes to be done. Jazakum alaykum. Jazakum alaykum. Jazakum alaykum. Jazakum alaykum. Jazakum alaykum. Jazakum wa Jazakum alaykum. Jazakum alaykum. Jazakum alaykum. Jazakum alaykum.
0: Thank <laughs> you.